everyone loves their writing community. At least that's what they say online. Endlessly. Hop onto social media for even a moment. You will be bombarded with praise for writing communities. Twitter is a seemingly endless barrage of writers' lifts and questions to the community at large. Platforms like Medium are at the same time praised for being beautiful, connected communities of wordsmiths and also lambasted for being little more than content mills and havens of toxic reciprocity. But who's right? Are writing communities thriving in this online era? Or is it all just a load of fuzzy crap? I'm Matt Hampton, and this week on Confessions of a Working Writer, we're exploring our writing beliefs behind supporting writers, lifting each other up, and asking the question, do we really have writing communities anymore? When I was in college about 732 years ago, all of the writers and artists congregated at a place called Coffee Zone. Aside from being the best coffee shop with the most on-the-nose name, this shop was our special place. I remember it clearly. Arabic pop blared over the speakers all day. Cigarette smoke filled the air. Black house coffee, affectionately referred to as rocket fuel, was served in pint glasses with cup sleeves around them for about a dollar. At any given time, you could find writers, artists, and musicians working on their newest project at one of the many well-aged tables. Or maybe playing chess. Or carts. Or just holding some conversation in what was one of many distractions. At Coffee Zone, we talked story. We honed our craft, learned from others, and put enough pen to paper for a million Russian novels. This is the place where we fell in love, soothed our heartbreak, and gathered when one of us was lost. Here, we were pirates, pretending that our dreams would carry us through the world until reality finally bent us to its will. Coffee Zone, or more importantly, the people within it, was the basis for my first real writing community. Just what is a community? Let's be honest, we live in an era of buzzwords. Oftentimes, we say words without really knowing their meaning. So it's important to establish definitions, especially when we're examining our beliefs around them. So what is community? Going with the loosest possible definition, a community is a group of people sharing common goals, values, geographic location, or even interests. For it to be a community, it's safe to say these people would also need to support and interact with one another. Our communities can exist in a wide variety of states. Traditionally, they were geographically close. This was certainly the case with my writing community in college. All of us were either students at or writers in proximity to the university. We met at a common location, Coffee Zone. We shared a common interest, writing. We supported and interacted with each other as a result of these combined factors, thus making a community. In many ways, this is the ideal so many older writers opined the loss of. But it had its flaws. I was lucky to have such a community. Many writers didn't. They might have grown up in small towns without much of a writing or art scene to get involved in. Or they might be science fiction writers in a place only working with poetry. This need for geographic proximity is why so many writers in my youth sought ways to New York, L.A., San Francisco, London, Portland, and many other cities where they thought they might find a greater concentration of writers. Back then, either you found a community where you were, or you traveled to get closer to one. 
Technology has changed all of that. The Internet's eliminated the strict need for geographic proximity for to a community. Social media, video conferencing, and writing platforms offer increasing amounts of access and connection between writers, artists, and all sorts of people. These systems even provide a means of identifying your tribe, allowing for specific science fiction or poetry groups to be formed for writers from anywhere, in an inter- internet con- anywhere with an internet connection. We've made finding a community or founding one much easier. But these online communities can also become transactional. Often writers within them are less involved or concerned with the lives of their members. It becomes more about produced work than the people producing it. At its worst, the online writing community becomes little more than a marketplace for an endless stream of coaches, online courses, and associated grifters seeking to make a buck exploiting the fears of the aspiring. They become platforms for shameless self-promotion, toxic reciprocity, and an endless stream of senselessly competitive clip shows. It almost makes you wonder, do writers really need community? Well, do we? I mean, writing is often referred to as a solo sport. When you or I sit down to work on a manuscript, a blog post, or an article, we do so alone. No one's there to write with us for the most part, unless we're working on a collaborative project, and even then, Much of the writing on those is done in some form of isolation. If writing as a craft is something we do alone, why do we feel this need to find writing communities? Isn't it just a distraction from the work? For many of us, this writing life is difficult on its best days. Our chosen craft comes with a lot of self-doubts and outside pressure to find some form of success, usually defined by others selling something. It also comes with very little immediate gratification, as well as anemic earnings on good days. Honestly, just trying to live this dream is a test of personal resilience and hope. This is where writing communities help us. Other writers know what we're going through. They can provide emotional support in tough times. Many are the memories of my fellow writers sitting down to talk me through doubts or just lend a sympathetic ear as I read yet another in a mountain of rejection letters. During the hardest breakup of my college years, it was my writing community that got me through. A surrogate family of creatives who helped really helped a kid from an abusive home who often felt completely isolated and alone. More than just emotional support, other writers can provide us with insights about our stories, our style, and even our process. We can share ideas and watch new thoughts blossom in the fertile soil of shop talk. Other writers can serve as our mentors. My mentor Mike is still a huge influence on me long after his tragically early passing. We might even find a collaborator or gain a professional opportunity by just being connected, invested, and involved with other writers. Sure, you just might be able to do this writing thing on your own, but community does make the road a whole lot more pleasant. But Matt, if writing communities are so great, why do you and so many others throw shade at online writing communities now? That answer is pretty simple. It comes in three parts. Shameless self-promotion, magic beans, and the phenomenon of toxic reciprocity. In the spirit of full disclosure, yes, I started examining this belief from a place of doubt in online writing communities. Over the years, I've been burned by online communities more than once. This has led me to a deep and impactful sense of nostalgia for the community of my college years. I don't know if you've noticed. And while I do see a lot of good in online writing communities, it would be dishonest to not look at their darker sides. A lot of this dark side stems from the business side of writing. Let's not kid ourselves. Writing is, for many, a business. Yes, we create. We tell stories. We shape poems and play scripts. 
but we also want to sell them. Among the many contributions the internet has made to the lives of writers, perhaps one of the largest is as a marketing tool. Writers now have more direct contact with their readers. This can be a great thing. This allows us to get closer to the people that enjoy what we do. It allows us to gain a deeper sense of more impactful feedback. It can also create areas where we receive criticism unfair and undeserved from people angry that we didn't follow their advice on how to write a thing, but most of these things are double-edged swords, so we'll forgive it. We also have new ways to share work, build audiences, and promote projects that, frankly, writers just simply didn't have before. There was a time when you wrote something, sent it in the mail, and were forced to wait. Now, you can write a whole bunch of things, and even if no one with a magazine wants to publish them, someone with an online platform has a publish button, or you can build a website and get it out there. The future for writers in terms of reach, well, that's pretty bright. But this has clouded the community issue a bit. Self-promotion and marketing are often shrouded in the language of community, support, and love. Consider the ever-popular writer's lift. Here's how it works. Some writer on Twitter or another social media platform calls for a writer's lift. Other writers like the posting comments with links to their books, blogs, and whatnot. The theory is that this expands the reach of the post, more writers see more things, and thus, well, people buy books. People listen to podcasts or read blogs. That's the goal, anyway. Seems simple, right? An idealistic way to share the work of others. For many, it probably is. But understand that the platform algorithm pushing this post depends on higher engagement. So the poster isn't entirely altruistic. There is benefit to be had for the one initiating a writer's lift post. They get seen more. The person getting seen more is seen as a better person. So... It's kind of marketing yourself a little bit as a sort of mini writer saint on social media. Maybe this is my bias, though. So I reached out to several writers who frequently participate in writers' lift posts, and honestly, none of them saw any increase in book sales or site visits as a result. They're effectively just long-form self-promotion chains, not real support. Oh, they mask as support, and some even consider them community, but that's part of the problem. Our community standards have sunk. Granted, this evidence is allegorical, but it still bears some consideration. Self-promotion tactics like writer's lift are generally harmless. You have to be aware that these are done as marketing for the most part. That doesn't make them evil. But you need to take the thought, hugs and kisses and thoughts and prayers and the language promoting them with a grain of salt. Marketing is not community. Another example of this is the spirit of reciprocity that too often goes toxic. Social media and online writing platforms abound with the idea that if someone reads, likes, and comments on your work, you should do the same. On one hand, this is common courtesy. On the other hand, it too often becomes the price of admission to be considered a part of the community, a community that bases its relationships on simple transactions and metrics instead of taking the time to get to know the human being and cut them some occasional slack. Add to that dynamic the very real pressure for all of these comments to be positive to the level of diabetes-inducing sweetness and you have the stuff of superficial relationships and little more. I'm often disturbed by the large numbers of medium pieces, right, and blasting writers who don't clap 50 times or comment or mention other writers in their work. A very strict framework for community is applied that has nothing to do with others and everything to do with ourselves. Truth be told, I read a lot on medium, but I don't clap or comment on all of it. The sad truth is, I 
don't really like all of it. And I don't have the time to say as much as I'd like about the stuff I do enjoy. Knowing that, I try to extend the same courtesy to others in regards to my work and cut them some slack when they don't like, comment, celebrate, or throw me out like I'm the Bible. While these stiff requirements seem like community, they lack that compassionate component of true support and boil it down to follow me and I will follow you. Otherwise, go piss up a rope. This type of toxicity is made only worse by the presence of every possible guru selling magic beans. Those same platforms are full of people who have the class, journal, technique, workshop, or one-on-one time you need to succeed as a writer. They will gladly tell you this as they market themselves themselves supporters and deep lovers of community. Maybe some of them are altruistic and just trying to get paid. But again, the stories abound of people getting screwed over by the gurus and their snake oil. Increasingly, it seems like mentorship is sold as a product instead of built like most human relationships are. Feedback and thoughtful, constructive criticism are replaced by empty pats on the back and hyperbolic praise. Genuine investment in others has instead become a flea market of MLM-style creative supplements in every form and fashion under the sun. None of these things foster community. They just build skepticism, distrust, and a generalized feeling of hopelessness. So why bring up all these negatives? Why linger on the bad stuff and cast shadows on on the support writers offer each other? Because things like this are why many, myself included, become skeptics of the new era of writing communities. Examining them is how we understand our biases, our misunderstandings, and more importantly, how we move forward. Maybe this seems like focusing on the worst of marketing for writers, but with recent announcements about shifting Twitter to a pay-to-play environment, and the earnings pressure on other platforms, this is probably just going to get worse. Sorry. I mean, do we even have writing communities anymore? The writing communities we have are honestly the writing communities we ultimately want. If we choose to reach out and attempt real connections with other writers, we will face some wins and some losses. But overall, we will eventually form connections with them. You can do this in person with people in your local area, or you can do it digitally. It doesn't matter. Build the community you want. We can also fool ourselves. We can log the time on writing platforms, give all the likes, claps, smiles, loves, hugs, tags, shares, and tips we want. And still, we can have nothing more than transactional interaction with writers. This can breed even more despair as well as some downright nasty emotions relating to this writing life. That can ultimately lead many of us to abandon our dreams and blame community or the absence thereof. Choose the community you want. But be picky. Don't just accept what is offered to you by anyone. Take the time to find the community you want. The danger with passively accepting social media and writing platform connection as a genuine community is that when things get tough, as they always do in this writing life, people knowing what you're going through is dependent on algorithms and platform rules. Maybe they do care, but they probably won't know. And when you need people, people to really love and support you, but find them absent, it doesn't feel any different. As I penned my thoughts on this episode, I remembered a moment in my writing community. I was just getting started in college, a new writer full of dreams on his way to what he saw as the top. Here I was at school studying how to shape stories. Even better, there were other writers here who didn't care about my eccentricities, oddities, or, frankly, my autism. 
These writers were happy I was there and eager to build a community. I was honestly blessed, and the whole place felt like a paradise. One writer, in particular, a woman in her mid-40s, struck me as possibly the kindest person I'd ever met. Her stories and use of language were something to aspire to. She was passionate about creating life, community. True gem that, frankly, comes to writing communities all too rarely. Then one day, as I entered the room for a playwriting class we were in together, her chair was empty. Fifteen minutes later, we would learn that her body had been found in her garage by her son. She had committed suicide. All of us were deeply impacted. One of us was gone. For me, it hit especially hard. Life up to this point had been extremely difficult for me on its best day. So to have this paradise, this place I'd found that was beautiful, rocked by the loss of one of its most loving, kind, and creative members, was terrible. I felt lost. I worried that the curtain was going to come crashing down. But I wasn't alone. None of us were. Class that day was canceled and we all went for coffee. We talked, we remembered, we laughed, and we even cried. As the years went on, we would honor her with our words, our stories, and our craft. I cannot name the last 20 people who unfollowed me on Medium. Most of the praise or scorn to be found in comment sections bounces off of me. And while there are a few people online who I feel connected to and would certainly like to connect more with, many of them are tragically little more than profile pics and names on a list. But this incredible woman from more than 20 years ago will always have a well-tended and often visited grave inside my head. So what's the lesson here? Is it that we need community? Maybe some of us do. Is it that online writing communities are trash? Or that they are inevitable and we just need to accept them? Who's right on this issue of community? I don't think anyone really is. If there's a lesson here, it's this. We all need to take part in building the writing communities we want. If there is someone whose writing moves you, someone you admire, then reach out to them and try to talk. Maybe set up a video conference writers group for you and some friends. Reach out to folks in your local area or let writers in other places know you will be there if you will be and try to connect with them. Building community is about connecting with other humans. That's the core reason for this very podcast existence. It is one of my efforts to build community by speaking out into the void so other writers know they're not alone in this writing life. And really, Knowing you're not alone, but that you're part of something, and accepted, truly accepted, that's community. We all just need to take a moment and do our part to build it and preserve it. Or, we need to accept the community will be defined by those with the loudest voice, the deepest pockets, and honestly, nothing else. Mm-hmm.